Having a good time, John, Josh, and Alex. Trenchant analysis, John, Josh, and Alex. Good, good friends, John, Josh, and Alex. The final fantasy. Welcome back to the Final Fantasy Podcast. Uh, my name's John. With me as always, we got Josh. What's up, buddy? Yo, what's up, man? Nothing. Nothing at all. And, uh, you know, Alex, how you doing, pal? Clyde Edwards, hello. Clyde Edwards, hello. Uh, we're back, babies. Uh, back in person. We're going to stop saying that eventually, I think. It's just, you know. It's good to clarify. We're always back every week. Yeah, we're always back. We're always in person. We're always ready uh, to go. Uh, was that your phone, Josh? It was my phone. Ooh, you're gonna want to go ahead and put that on It was my dear wife Annie. <laughs> well, you can tell your dear wife Annie that she can call you in about an hour's time. Nice, screened it. Now, you know, screen calls, but that's not out of the ordinary. Well, guys, how's the uh, how's the week going? It's going well. Yeah, doing great. Working, working, working hard. Uh-huh. Working. I got to put the weekend. I have a lap pillow that for some reason I'm just uncomfortable using. And so I always have to have a lap pillow for some reason. Don't judge. Don't ask questions. You do what you got. You do what you need to do, Captain. I'll do it when I can. Well, so like whenever I work, I, I work from home, like many people do now, and I have a cat, like a cat running around, and sometimes it likes to jump up on my lap. So I like to have a lap pillow, so it has like a comfortable place to kind of chill while I'm working. Hey, makes sense to me. It's purrs calm me during the the hard hard work day. So. But now I anywhere I sit, I have to have a lap pillow. It's weird. Not even if the cat's not even coming. People are really interested in this stuff. This is the hard hitting fantasy analysis that they come for. Nothing like a little talking football. Well, we got the uh, the NFL draft coming up here in a couple weeks. But guys, this weekend the USFL begins uh, Saturday, I believe. Am I having deja vu? Or did I see that they're doing the XFL again? They are. Now they are doing the XFL again. I don't know when that starts, but yeah, because isn't, it isn't the, next year maybe? Isn't the Rock like doing it? Well, I think he did it the last time, right? Yeah, Dwayne the Rock. Like the, they hired Bob Stoops again and Wade Phillips. Yeah. All the cool, cool people. Um, yeah, I'm looking, nobody's cooler than Wade Phillips. I mean, he's everybody's favorite uh, <laughs> favorite coach. Yeah, does he like retire from the NFL? Because I mean, he was. I mean, he was on. Was he the defensive coordinator? No. I feel like he was a defensive coordinator for a Super Bowl winner, but he's like in the last like decade. Uh, maybe. And for the Broncos or something. Oh, well. Uh, he's not in the NFL anymore, so we don't really give a shit. He's in the XFL. He's in the XFL. X. Which, yeah, whenever that starts, we'll get into it. But uh, are you guys watching any X, uh, USFL football this week? John? No, I'm not. Oh, do you have Who are the good teams? This is now a USFL podcast. Uh, I don't know who the good teams are because they haven't played yet. Well, you, I mean, you're telling me that. You're a resident football expert. I, you can't take a look at the roster and immediately go... <laughs> I mean, I can, but that would imply that I've taken the time to look at the rosters. But if you want to do a deep dive into those, uh, we can... Who do we like this weekend? The Philly Pie Crust the versus Philly. the Texas Tees. The Texas Tees versus Texas the Mr. Tees. Wouldn't it be the Philly Cheesesteaks versus the Tees if we're doing that? I didn't name the teams. Yeah, I'm oh. in charge of the USFL. I like the I like the yes. Philadelphia Pie Crust. They did actually uh, release on Twitter the mascots for the teams. And, you know, they're all pretty standard. Like, there's a cowboy one and uh, a general one for the generals. But um, 
I can't remember, uh, the Philly, yeah, the Philly, are they called like the Stars or something? Uh, their mascot is just like a big fat dragon. Nice. I don't know, it, it looks like a dragon, it might be something completely different. But well, when you got the fanatic and gritty in town, you got to really step up your game. Yeah, oh, they are, yeah, the Philadelphia Stars, but it's a fat dragon, a, a red fat dragon. I love it. Well, I'm a huge Maulers fan. You look personally. Like you have a Maulers I attitude. Just believe looked, whatever you just your colors are. Pittsburgh Maulers. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw him going through his phone. I would have assumed you were a Tampa Bay Bandits fan, but Maulers it is. Uh, well, Alex, who's your XFL? Or I keep saying XFL. <laughs> they're the same thing. Who's your uh, USFL fan? You know, I love or the, team, rather. the Reno Wranglers. The Reno, the Reno Wranglers. So let me. So that's not an actual team. So I'm going to give you a team based on. Uh, the name. So you're a New Orleans Breakers fan, then. Hell yeah. Down in the bayou. Down in the bayou, Alex. Breaking on the bayou. Ooh, baby. <laughs> and the Michigan Panthers. Boring. I'm a Houston Gamblers fan. You know? You know what I mean? Gamblers is actually a sick name. If I'm not... When the USFL folds, the Texans should buy the rights to the name and change the name to the Gamblers. Well, the Gamblers were an XFL or USFL. God damn it. Will I ever get this right? The Gamblers were a USFL team. UXFL. UXFL. Uh, they were a USFL team in the original run, and Jim Kelly played for the Houston Gamblers, which is another interesting fun fact. But um, I, there's nothing I love more than fun facts. You are a fact machine. He's just a fact machine. Well, guys, we could talk about the USFL all day long, and, and we're going and we to <laughs> starting right now. <laughs> we will starting now. My favorite team is the Birmingham Stallions. Uh, no, but uh, we got to get in some get some news, some some news, some notes. Uh, NFL stuff, dog. NFL stuff. Uh, also, yeah, today's episode we're going to be talking about, uh, you know when uh, we do them way too early, the, the way too early rankings? These aren't really the way too early rankings, because I mean, it's like almost the draft, but they're pretty early. And, I mean, we could have done them in January. I mean, the regular season is only five months away. Yeah. That's I mean, not too early. There's no, there's nothing but short, short amount of time. That made me sense you know what Let's yeah, there's nothing but short short amount of time the way the old expression goes yeah but before we get into that uh so guys melvin gordon melvin gordon i don't know if you guys have heard this is in talks with the baltimore ravens now uh that obviously does some stuff and, and that's what leads me because our, our topic today is going to be top 10 uh running backs running backs for the season obviously taking into account you know draft hasn't occurred yet lots of things could change um but uh, Melvin Gordon to the Ravens. Now, obviously, if he leaves Denver, that, you know, catapults Javante, you know, up the board. Josh, Melvin Gordon going to the Ravens. Yes. How do you feel that will affect J.K. Dobbins' uh, fantasy future? Keep in mind, I mean, these guys probably aren't going to be ready to go. You know, him and uh, who was the other? Gus Edwards was the other one that got hurt in preseason. Yeah. I think they all did. Yeah, they're all, <laughs> they all got hurt and they're uh, all done. But, Dobbins missed the whole year, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They both, because it was, they both got hurt uh, preseason, like before the season started. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I remember the guy in our league, uh, Isaac, drafted J.K. Dobbins, and then like like a two like two seconds after the pick, because there was a preseason, or no, it happened in practice or something. Yeah. And it happened like, during the draft, right? Yeah, it happened, and then two seconds later, he got hurt, and so we were like, okay, and like, you know, we're not monsters, so we let him take... Gus Edwards instead, and then Gus Edwards got hurt immediately after that, like the next day or something. So you just couldn't it's buy quite it. the comedy of errors. Yeah, I felt really bad for him, but uh, yeah, because he drafted yeah, J.K. Dobbins in like the third spot. I mean, yeah, we ended up giving him 
Gus Edwards like later in the draft, we're just like, yeah, we'll let him have him, you know, because like that sucks. And his team, poor Isaac, his team was just injury ridden. Tyson Williams was a thing for yeah. like two seconds. Yeah, for both. Yeah, that <laughs> never that never happened. Yeah, because you you were I was a Tyson truther. Yeah, I mean, I think at that point everyone was, but then they're just like, no, he like missed one block, and they're like, you're done. Yeah, you're done forever. Just like Rojo fumbling, like you you mess up once, you're never coming back from it. Yeah, if, yeah. He, if he goes to the Ravens, how do you feel? How do you feel that'll affect J.K.? I mean, it will, but do you think it'll be significant or? Yeah, I mean, even without Melvin Gordon there, J.K. is probably not a guy I'm targeting a lot because I do think it's going to be a committee backfield, mm-hmm. and I think if Gordon goes there, it's just going to be even more uh, of a committee. Um, you know, I think Gordon's going to get a lot of the passing down work or third down work. Um, not to say J.K.'s not a good you know, third down back, but yeah, I just think they're going to use a lot of different guys um, in that backfield if Gordon goes there, and even if he doesn't go there. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely would, uh, if I'm you know, in a dynasty league right now, I wouldn't be so thrilled about taking J.K. at this moment in time. Yeah, because, I, I mean, you look at, I mean, so last year in Denver, Melvin Gordon, it, it kind of took a little while for him to hit the ground running, but in two years in Denver, he never hit a thousand, but he was on nine hundred both both years. Yeah, I just looked at those yeah. both his numbers last year is better than I thought of. Yeah, he's not a guy that's going to come in, and he's not super old. You know, he's uh, no, he's twenty nine. But for running backs, he's been around in the league for a long time. And actually, today is Melvin Gordon's birthday. Believe well, happy birthday, Melvin! Happy birthday, Gordon. Melvin Gordon, April third, nineteen ninety three. But uh, he's not a guy that you're going to bring in to do nothing. You know, he's not a guy you're just bringing in as, like, a camp body or, you know, a depth guy. So, it will. But, I, I mean, honestly, like, he's you know, still hasn't signed anywhere yet. So, yeah, so we'll kind of get into Melvin Gordon and his... Uh, oh, so he's not in Baltimore yet? Not yet. Yeah, okay. He's in talks with the Ravens. Like I said, that that could still change. Uh, but, like I said, he we're going to be talking about the other guy that he has some effect on here a little bit later. So, we'll move on from that. Well, well let me just give him my give me oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. about... Uh, I think it does knock Dobbins down the list, mm-hmm. but I would be very interested in trying to get Dobbins like late, like maybe first bench spot, yeah. maybe even flex. Yeah, get him at a value because I think Dobbins, if he comes back fully healthy the way he was going in the end of his rookie year, I would like taking a chance on him later. Yeah, and you know they got to get someone in there because like you don't think those guys probably aren't going to be ready to go. Yeah, by training camp. Or possibly even you know preseason games. So I mean, it makes sense for Baltimore to bring someone else in. But if you bring in Melvin Gordon, I, he's gonna do. He's gonna play. Like, yeah, he's gonna play. And you know, he played in all sixteen games this last season. Eight rushing touchdowns. You know, he's not blowing the you know blowing the roof off the joint or anything. But those are solid numbers. Um, another twenty eight receptions. So a thousand scrimmage yards. You know, that's that's not you know something you can you know. I mean, John. Let's assume Gordon goes to Baltimore. Are you? Would you take him over Dobbins in a draft right now? Yeah, for me, that's kind of a one for one because, like, I, I feel like either one of them you can't really safely. And again, this is all speculation that he goes there, but you can't really. For me, I wouldn't really feel comfortable taking either of them early. Yeah. Like, not early. I mean, I think if you could get them six, seven, eight. They could be huge value. Either one of them could be huge value guys at those spots. But I'm not. I'm not taking either of them set. Like this guy's going to be a solid RB two. I'd be probably like in the RB three tier. 
Because I mean, you got to take into account Lamar Jackson's rushing numbers, yeah, and that you know those things. But um, if that answers your question, I I guess I would take J.K. just because of the youth factor. If I were to take one, but I'm not really super high on taking either of them. Yeah, you know, at you know a place where I'm, they're going to be an anchor for my team because I don't really trust either of them. <laughs> where would you take Dobbins if Melvin Gordon doesn't go there? Uh, if, if Dobbins, Dobbins is a, I think a third round, second, third round pick if he's not there. But again, even then, like Lamar Jackson does cap his value and he's going to continue to do that, you know, for, you know, as long as he's, you know, still able to, you know, move, we'll see what, you know, what happens with injuries and stuff. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Lamar was, you know, 700 some rushing yards last season, obviously a drop off from, uh, the previous couple, but you know, three 1000 yard rushing seasons in a row from a quarterback isn't exactly easy. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into Melvin Old MG a little bit later. But happy birthday, Melvin Gordon! We assume you're a listener. You're probably not, but if you are, we love you. And we'd love to have you on. We would love to have you on, man. We love. Feel to free to call time. in. Yeah, uh, the lines are open. Lines are open. <laughs> lines are open all the time. Uh, but moving on, guys. Uh, old Brandon Cooks, your boy Brandon Cooks, probably the most underrated uh, wide receiver ever. Um, did sign, uh, with the Texans, signed back with the Texans. Um, this team is weird. So Brandon Cooks is, has just been solid, you know, his entire career he's played and, and he's probably going to break the record for most times being traded for, because I mean, the dude, it was New Orleans and he was a star in New Orleans or had to be, you know, he was an up and coming star, then traded to New England, thousand yard season, New England, then traded to the Rams, a thousand yard season with the Rams. Uh, kind of dropped off the second year, but he did miss a couple games. Traded to Houston, thousand yard season with Houston, and then last year, and that was with Deshaun Watson. Then this year, no Deshaun Watson, still went over a thousand yards. I mean, he's not, you know, he's never gone over ten touchdowns, but the dude is solid. Um, and the Texans are a strange team uh, right now. Davis Mills, how do you how do you feel about Davis Mills going into next season, Josh? Because he, he's he's going to be the starter, barring some draft day, you know craziness but do you think he's good enough to be the starter do you think Houston will take a quarterback this year uh I could see them taking a quarterback um specifically uh, Malik Willis um I think it's been a lot of people's radar um but I think given this year's quarterback draft class which we'll probably talk about more next week um it's not good I think the Texans they have so many needs on especially offense, but really on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably more content on taking the best player available in the draft and not yeah. looking for a quarterback this year. I, I think, uh, you know, nobody's really high on Mills, but if you go back and look at last season, he actually wasn't that bad. And no. If you lurk, you know, Houston Texans like, subreddit, they're all pretty high on, on him, and at least, you know, he's not a – Complete failure at quarterback from yeah. from their perspective. So, um, yeah, given what Cooks did last year, he's still really the only option at wide receiver. I think in that offense that's going to give you any um, fantasy production. So I, yeah. I I think you can expect more of the same this year um, from him, and and I like him, uh, especially where he's probably going to go in those yeah. drafts. <clears throat> yeah, and that's kind of like, again, like you said, Davis Mills didn't play terribly. But again, this team is set up. I mean, 
let's be honest. I mean, uh, top of your head right now, gambling odds, Alex. How many wins do you would you guess the Texans are projected for right now? Three or four. Yeah. So I mean, they're going to be probably projected super high to have a top five pick. Yes. This year's quarterbacks aren't very good, so it makes more sense to. And they're probably the gambling favorite to be the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. 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 I mean, they. Almost right now, as of early April, pretty much for last year, though, they didn't have the worst record. Yeah, yeah. as of early April, as of early April, the Falcons would be, yeah, (laughs) and got it's that they are the as of early April, they're the last two Texans uh, projected at four or five, and the Falcons projected at five. Um, so they are the bottom two, but um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it it just makes more sense. And and like I said, Davis Mills, I think, can be, I I don't think Davis Mills is going to be a fantasy relevant player, but. He could clearly make Brandon Cooks maintain being one, like a wide receiver three flex type player, which he's been essentially his entire career. So I think it made sense. It was a good signing. You can see him make some money, and then maybe hopefully he'll get, he'll get traded again next year and just continue doing what he's doing. A um, couple other things uh, we're going to hit on here. Uh, Frank Gore retired between now and the last time we recorded. Rest in prosperity, homie. Frank Gore. Uh, uh, I'll start with Alex on this one. Frank Gore. Do you think Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer? Um, and I can go over some stats with you. Uh, exactly 16,000 rushing yards, which I believe puts him at number three all time. 81 rushing touchdowns. There's some more receiving touchdown numbers in there that I could I could get to, but uh, I mean, obviously, I'll, I'll say this: I probably would vote for him. Yeah, I have a little bit of an affection for. I've always liked watching him play. And, yeah, and I give a guy playing like that for so long. Um, you know, I give him credit. I'd have to. I don't know look at who else is going to be in like the the class. I don't know if he'll get in his first year, but yeah, yeah I'd, give him, I'd vote for him. I would too. Yeah, I, mean, I would mean, too. I, when you're third in total rushing yards, yeah. that's worth something. Yeah, and then, I mean, <clears throat> I did it for a long time. I mean, it, you know, he didn't play last year, obviously, but uh, his last season, 2020, for the Jets, not great. Uh, you know, but 600 yards, 600 yards the year before in Buffalo, and then, you know, Miami, 700 in the year. But 2017, 960 with Indiana, yeah, or Indianapolis. You forget he was in Indianapolis for as long as he was. Yeah, I'm looking up. Yeah, he had a thousand yard season in twenty sixteen, which feels like an eternity ago now. But <laughs> so still. Yeah, after after San Francisco, we played for the Colts, Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. Yeah, but uh, I, yeah, I think we're all consensus. I I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. I mean, you hit third all time. I mean, obviously, you played for a super long time, so you know that helps. You know, you know, rack up some of those yards. But uh, I kind of just wish he was still playing. I think he should come back. And never leave us and stay with us forever and ever for always. And, uh, yeah, just be great. Never the never, never the pass catching back. You know, it was never that that great catch. Yeah, he was more of an old school yeah. type running back. Which there's a lot of guys in the draft that are a lot like that too. But, uh, again, we'll get to that next week. Uh, and our last uh, little note to hit on, uh, Dwayne Haskins, guys. Dwayne Haskins uh, passed away. And, sad. Yeah, yeah, super sad, 24 years old. Um and the you know the thing that I've noticed about it is you know you are obviously going to get some takes you know like oh this guy you know Adam Schefter got raked through the coals because instead of just he's a moron. <laughs> yeah instead of just saying like you know this is a tragedy you know the poor kid it was like well he struggled on NFL teams you know that doesn't really matter anymore yeah, cares and I don't think his you know family and friends really care but it was it was really cool you know his teammates and I mean he was twenty four he was still in the league like yeah I mean give him a 
And that's like honestly, like I for Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, obviously he was projected to be the starter, but I think Dwayne yeah. Haskins could have made a run for the starting starting. Job. Also, the team he struggled on is the one that's currently under investigation by the fucking federal government. Yeah, it's not exactly the, like the best situation. Yeah, to jump into at the beginning of your NFL career. Yeah, um, but yeah, very. Sad. Super my, duper sad, and but like I said, the seeing all the people on you know his old Ohio State teammates and his current teammates and coaches, everyone had nothing but glowing things to say about the dude. So you know, I was like, it's fantasy football. A lot of us, we've done it before. A lot of other podcasts do it. We you know just thought this guy sucks. This guy sucks. Yeah, keep in mind, like we're not talking about them personally. You know, it's like, but we should like you know be better about that because I mean, these you know, like this guy I don't sucks. Think we, I don't think we really even. Do we that don't. Though. I think we do in private. When yeah, we're watching games, probably. I mean, but I don't know, think I mean, we're that. I don't think we're that harsh on yeah players when we do the show. Well, I, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's a good thing to be mindful of. Yeah, we should be more mindful. These are people, so. But uh, yeah, uh, it's super bad for Dwayne. And again, uh, we don't have. To, we actually have, you know, had a spike in listeners, uh, which is coming around. But welcome, anyway. yeah, welcome. But uh, yeah, just uh, you never know. Tomorrow's never guaranteed. So just uh, make sure you tell people how you feel about them, because stuff can happen. But uh, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. The final fantasy. It's too early. Alex is like, I know you think it's too early. I'm very fearful of what you're about to say. It's way too early. I'm not opening up the panic room, so don't worry about that. The panic room stays locked until the season starts. I think the panic room should stay locked for eternity. No, it can't. It really can't. Because the magic can't be contained. I have to go in there like once a month. And, deep, right. and I gotta sage, get to the thing you were gonna say. I gotta sage the joint. I'm getting there. I gotta sage the joint once a month just to you know keep the magic there. Those rooms don't clean themselves. Um, but yeah, it's it's way too early. But we're doing we're doing running back rankings. We're doing running back mm-hmm. rankings, baby. And we'll do some wide receivers next week too while we do the draft. Because why not? Uh, also, I have Frank Gore pulled up on uh, Pro Football Reference right now, and it has Franklin Gore and in parentheses the inconvenient truth which in my approximation probably the greatest that's probably the greatest there's some good nicknames for like 2000s like yeah. late 2000s NFL dudes yeah um remember the the law firm yeah Ben, ben Jarvis Green Ellis well Frank Gore would be listed number one for me if nicknames were in, but he's not in the league right now. Uh, so early top tens. Early top tens for running backs. Uh, right now, I got, I think, consensus number one, Jonathan Taylor. Yep. Yeah, everyone's kind of sitting consensus yeah. number one there. Um, <clears throat> so Jonathan Taylor, 11, 11 running back one performances last season. And uh, before we continue, this is all based on half-point PPR, just so. Uh, just so uh, we're being clear, but eleven the running, one true way to play. Yeah, eleven running back one performances last season, which was more than even Christian McCaffrey had in his you know insane twenty nineteen season by a decent margin. Um, for me, Jonathan Taylor, the only thing that would pull me out, I mean, injury. That's it. I mean, I, there's really not a lot of red flags for me here. Yeah, you guys see any? I mean, Matt no, Ryan's. Like, but injury is something you have to do with. 
basically any NFL yeah. running back. And we're probably going to, you know, you, and again, a lot of these guys that we're about to talk about, that's that's kind of the thing. But, I mean, some of these guys do have more red flags other than that. But for me, and I mean, Matt Ryan is in town, and he does throw to running backs more than Carson Wentz does. And Carson Wentz out, Matt Ryan in. So I don't think that'll hurt. I don't. I don't think the quarterback change is going to hurt him all that much. I think much. it only helps. Yeah. 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 So I mean, for me. Oh, I think the quarterback change makes them the favorite in that division. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I, I mean, mean, I know the Titans have been pretty good, but I think that that division is pretty weak. Yeah. Having a competent, non Carson Wentz guy. Yeah. There, I think that's barring barring a total Matt Ryan collapse. And I mean, this is what I wrote down. I mean, injury, well, I, I mean, I still think Matt Ryan can play. He can. Yeah, he absolutely can. I mean, and he's got, you know, Michael Pippen. He's got some decent, but, you know, this isn't a quarterback ranking. But Jonathan Taylor, we can, we're all in agreement on this one. This was kind of the consensus number one. Uh, now, Josh, now this is where we kind of go off a little bit here. Go off. Go off, boys. Uh, so um, we have uh, some differences here between me and you guys. So you guys have Derrick Henry here at number two. I do not. I do not have Derrick Henry at number two. I have Christian McCaffrey at number two. Well, let me explain why. Let me explain why. So, McCaffrey, here's the thing. Again, injury, injury, injury. And he's burned fantasy owners two years in a row now. He was a consensus 1-1 the last two years. Injuries have derailed both of those seasons. But when he does play, he is great. He's an RB. He, he, was, he was an RB1. Up until he was hurt this last season, he was the number one running back. With It's the pass catching. Yeah. All of that helps. And Darnold was throwing him the ball. He didn't even score a touchdown, you know, in these early games. And yeah. he was still the number one running back just based on these receiving numbers. Um, and like I said, this may be too high, but the other, you know, and we could say Sam Darnold throws him the football. <laughs> Is Darnold still there? As of right now. <laughs> Darnold is still the Baker quarterback. Baker Mayfield's available. Mm, he's well. He's on the table anyway. But uh, Sam Darnold, they, they're he is being touted as the starter this season. Whatever that does for you. If he doesn't um, get a, the kissing disease again. Yeah, which he <laughs> might. I mean, can you get mom? Yeah, that's not like the chicken pox. You can get it multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, I Josh, think. Josh, how many times have you had it? Oh, seven. Seven. Yeah. See, I was just under the and uh, under the. the a preconception that you, if you got something once, you can never get it again. Mm. That's why I wanted to get all the bad stuff early. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I was a very sickly child. My mother was, you know, made me have every disease there was possible. That, let's not get into that. That's that's for a different podcast. It'll be on. Well, I, didn't Aaron Rodgers say you could only get COVID once, and then he got it several times? Yeah. He or he said it wasn't real, or I don't know. I don't remember what he said. I just gotta go back and listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah, we'll do that later. We'll after we record. I think the second half of this episode should just be us listening to Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> are we are we pausing it and like dissecting what he's saying? Jamie, no. Hold it up. Oh, okay. Well, we're just listening to it silently. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll have a couple react like. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Well, we'll work on that too. But uh, yeah. So, but we'll we'll go into Henry. But uh, I have McCaffrey at two. You guys have him way lower than I do, which is understandable. But I do have McCaffrey, too. Obviously, yes, Darnold is there. That could cause issues, but it didn't really last year. Um, I, I think if he stays healthy, he's going to he's gonna be back to that level. And what I, I'd say is, uh, you know, if Henry, McCaffrey, Taylor 
finish one, it would not surprise me yeah. at all. Yeah, at I the mean, end of the season. To me, Taylor and to a somewhat lesser extent, Henry are have fewer question marks than McCaffrey, and that's kind of why I'd rank him a little bit lower. But yeah, definitely for some, if he stays healthy for seventeen games, he's going to win somebody a league for yeah. sure. And it's you know it all kind of depends on where he falls. You know, it's and it'll be interesting to see if he does fall. You know, because if he does. He could be a huge value pick, and I know we've talked about that before. I have him, I think, lower than the both of you, certainly lower than you, John. I have him at number six, but that's less really because of him, because what you said was true, that if he's healthy, he can do incredible things. It's mm-hmm. just recent history bias and yeah. the five guys I like more in the top five. But again, injury can happen to anybody. Um, yeah. And I just liked uh, Eckler, Cook, and Harris mm-hmm. more. But, yeah, McCaffrey could easily blow everybody out of the water and have another. And I put Henry at number two, which is probably too high because we are in a PPR league. But every time I've said that, oh god, yeah, you know, he's still – I mean, maybe not so much last year because of injury, but, like, you'll go, well, he doesn't have quite the value in our league, and then he'll just be incredible. Yeah. And that's uh, we'll actually get into him now that we're we're talking about it. But um, so Derek Henry, uh, I have as my as my third back. You guys have him at two. Um, Derek Henry. So <laughs> Derek Henry is an incredible, incredible uh, player. And and I I've done it every year too. What you just said, where I'm like I kind of undervalue him because of the pass catching thing. For me, that kind of went away. Two years ago, when he had the two thousand yard season, I think you're kind of like, okay, you yeah. know what? Like, because because I mean, where I was yeah. drafting last year, obviously he wasn't going to fall. Two thousand yard me. season, it doesn't matter if you're catching. Yeah, and you know you're scoring seventeen touchdowns. I think you're doing just fine. But um, last year was bonkers. Last year was bonkers for him. Obviously, broken foot, which can have an effect on you moving forward. But Derrick Henry, nine hundred and thirty seven yards in eight games in eight games, which is bonkers. He was an RB1 until week 16. And he didn't play after week eight. Yeah. Just think about that for a second. That was nuts. Yeah. (laughs) He had 10 touchdowns and 937 yards in eight games, which, I mean, you look at a season like that, that's a a solid season. That's a great season. (laughs) For for anyone. If you're not, you know, obviously not fantasy numbers, but I mean, if you're playing a guy in your flex that has 900 yards and 10 touchdowns, I'm like, eh, this is fine. But, yeah, so he was an RB1 until week 16. That's how long it took guys to catch up to him and surpass him. Um, obviously, because, I mean, Jonathan Taylor took a little while to kind of get going, and then he just exploded. Derrick Henry came out of the gate, just blew out of the gate. And it, the interesting thing for me is, though, uh, the last two seasons, 2019-2020, over 300 carries both of those seasons. Over 300 carries. Uh, this isn't really trivia. This is just a guess for you guys. How many carries do you think he was on pace for in 2021? I'll let you guess. <laughs> uh, I would say, trying to do some math here. Uh, what was his carries to rank games? Uh, 219 rushing attempts and 18 receptions. 
Uh, I'd say... 500. He was on pace for over 400 carries okay. in 2021. <laughs> we don't need yeah. to do... Yeah, but but that's... So 303 carries in 2019, 378 carries in 2020, and on pace for total touches of over 400 in 2021. And I he's such a fun player to watch because he's just this, like, monster. I was listening to another podcast today, and they were talking about him when he was in high school, and they were like, well, at his senior season, how many rushing touchdowns did he have? 55 rushing touchdowns and he was just like <laughs> just like barreling over kids and you're I mean that's mean to do to children like I put him up against this man even playing in high school like 10? like like 10 or 12 because <laughs> I mean he would have games where he was rushing for 400 yards and six touchdowns yeah and yeah. he was probably averaging that yeah that's but, probably a right a low game for him but you kind of like you know you watch him and uh, every year up until this year because like first two years it was a little slow and then 2019 was the breakout. You know, he went over a thousand year before, but it wasn't like he just wasn't getting the amount of touches. I, you had him that season where he kind of yeah. had that huge game, but you benched him. <laughs> Those yeah, 2018 yeah. is when he had that. That uh, was the breakout. Huge, game huge game. game. And he had like 69 fantasy points or yeah. something oh, ridiculous. Yeah. And those first couple years, I remember in Tennessee, he was behind. Deion Lewis, and yeah, he was, was like getting a, split, a lot. Yeah. Of, well, I mean, he was really probably getting. 25% of the carries yeah. behind Deion Lewis. And the biggest knock I've heard on Henry is, you know, he's like, what, 27, 26? He is 28, I believe. Yeah. He's 28 years he's old. He's getting up there. Yeah. He's had a lot of usage. You know, how long can he hold up? Yeah. I think those are legitimate concerns, but they can also be somewhat, I think, overblown. I mean, physically, the dude's a specimen. I mean, he looks different than any other running back in the National Football League. Yeah. And... Like I said, those first couple years in the league, he was not getting the volume he's getting now. So, you know, the injury is a concern, but I think it's a bone issue that should not yeah. have the same sort of lasting impact as you might see with an ACL or something. Yeah. Um, but it is a foot. It is a foot injury. Yeah. Those are important for running. Basically, you need those to run. But I do agree with you. I, I Again, I think he's going to be back great this season. But what you said, it's like 28 years old. He hasn't hit that like 30 year mark. Cause I mean, you see these guys where it's like, you know, most of the guys you want are like, you know, young guys. You want guys who are like kind of hitting their prime. Rookie seasons are kind of tough. Sometimes it happens. Najee Harris, it happened. Um, 23, 24 when they're kind of hitting their stride. But then you see the guys who are just like generation, generationally great. You know, we were just talking about Frank Gore who was, who was a solid back into his 30s. Yeah. I think Melvin Gordon, I think uh, Derrick Henry is going to be, I think he is one of those great backs. I think he has all the talent in the world to do it. But, you know, the last two years we're watching him throw, like, you know, the meanest stiff arms you've ever seen in your entire life and just playing every game, never get hurt. You know, a couple of years ago he missed a game because they sat starters. Mm-hmm. So he just, you know, was always there, but now it's like, you know, it's kind of like he's not, you know, unbreakable. You know, it's as much as it seems like it. But I, I do think he's going to be fine this year. Moving forward, though, like this could be the beginning of the decline. You know, I, last year, I think he was going to hit in 2000 again. If he played the entire season, he's, oh, hit, he's hit in 2000. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. hit in 2000 with no, like, you know, without even breaking a sweat. I, I don't know if you're going to get that What is the all-time again. record? 
The all-time record is still Eric Dickerson, I believe. Yeah. Well, do you know what the number is? Uh, 2,000. Let me see. Sorry. Uh, we're going to our producer, who is a cat again. Um, I, 2,105, Eric Dickerson. Because I mean, I think if he was healthy, he could have threatened for the record. Oh, absolutely. Well, Adrian Peterson got close a long time ago. Uh, he came up like seven yards short mm-hmm. in 2095 or 2097. But I, I honestly, with the amount of games left and or essentially at a thousand yards already, I think he, I think he would have broken yeah. it. Obviously, it's all speculation now, but all he ended yeah, up, he would have had an extra game. Yeah, <laughs> all he ended up having was a you know pretty solid season in a half a season. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm comfortable, and I like you guys. That's why having Henry at two, I think he's going to finish in the top five. I don't think that's a problem, um, but I do think it is a thing to start looking for if you're you know in a dynasty format. Um, you never know. It could be the beginning of the end. Uh, moving on. Number four. Alex, who did you have as your number four back? Uh, well, my number three is Eckler. Eckler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who we were talking about next. So you guys both have Eckler at three. I have him at four. Yeah. Any reason in particular where you guys are liking Eckler at four? I've got some reasons, but I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about old Austin. Uh, the thing you were saying earlier about the type of guys you tend to want to go for in the draft, he's young. They're a, you know, very loaded team. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been incredible the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my four is a guy who's a little older, so yeah, I just saw that Eckler one above. And to me, yeah, it's it's the pass-catching work, like mm-hmm. McCaffrey, yeah. that he's going to get on a consistent basis that gives you that floor from week to week. And, you know, I, I think the Chargers' offense is really good. Um, so there's not a lot of question marks there for me with Eckler yeah. other than maybe age. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, last year was super weird too. Because I mean, obviously, twenty twenty, he missed some games. He missed some time with injury, and the year before, uh, he missed some games. Uh, or he wasn't, you know, he was still on that timeshare with Melvin Gordon uh, back in twenty nineteen. Uh, so last year was his first, or two years ago rather, was his first year as a starting back. Got hurt. But the the thing about last year is that for me right now, I have him at four. And the only reason I have him at four and you guys have him at three, for me, it's touchdown regression. It's can he maintain this? So uh, throughout his career, uh, starting in 2017, two rushing touchdowns, three, three, one, and then last year, 12. Obviously getting the goal line work. and But he had one rushing touchdown. And again, last year, 2020, he was hurt. You know, he missed, you know, six games. But... Through 10 games, he played one rushing touchdown. Obviously, the receiving numbers help. And last year, I had eight receiving touchdowns. The year prior, when he was in a timeshare with Melvin Gordon, he almost had 1,000 receiving yards and got eight touchdowns. So, yeah, that receiving that receiving ceiling is huge. Can he score 20 touchdowns in a season again? I don't know. Can he maintain this, like, you know, hit that eight mark with a rushing? You know, then, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it. I love the player. I think he's great. But I do have him at four right now. That can move. And again, something we're also not saying is the possibility of, you know, drafting a running back or still picking people up. There's not a lot of competition for him right now, though, in, in L.A. So I, I do like him a lot. I would be a little wary of the touchdown regression, but for me, that's about it. That's the only thing I can really see for him. Uh, moving on, guys. Moving on. That was, you know, Austin Eckler. He's a fun dude. Fun player. I didn't know he was born in Lincoln. Lincoln, how long did he live in Lincoln? I don't know. He's a little baby. 
He's a big fantasy football fan too. He is. What I hear. So, uh, and uh, Austin, come come on the come join us. You know, come join the pod, baby. We'll have you. We got an extra microphone. <laughs> no, you have to bring your own. Yeah, if you could bring your own microphone, I'm sure he does. Right. We can share one. Oh, we can share one. Do you want to share it with him? I think you could. Well, I was just me and Josh could share one. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, we're gonna give Austin. You get your own microphone. Sorry, these yeah, two. Sweeten the pot. Yeah, his own microphone. His own microphone. Alex won't even spit on it or nothing. No. <laughs> I don't know. I'm no, I normally spit on it so much. So much. It's soaking wet last time we're done recording. All right, moving on, guys. Uh, so again, our rankings are all a little bit, little bit different. This one, not so much. So Alex, you had at four. Who did you have? Cook. Dalvin Cook. Uh, so that's where Josh. You had him at five. I have him at five as well. Do you guys have Harris at four? Uh, I do not. I do not actually. Uh, I'm here as a five. Neither does Josh. Yeah. Well, we'll start with Dalvin Cook here. Uh, kind of do the aggregate. So Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook. Tough, tough uh, season for him last year. Um, this dude, touchdowns. You know, touchdowns is his game. I had him two years ago, and he was incredible um, because of he gets the goal line carries. He's a goal line carry. Maven. He's always there. 2019, 13 touchdowns. 2020, 16 touchdowns. Last year, six. Went over 1,000, but, you know, a touchdown regression hit. And he's not a terrible receiver either, but he's not ever going to get you more than, like, 40 targets, you know, 30, 40 targets a season. Three total receiving touchdowns in his entire career as of 2017. Um, Dalvin Cook, for me, is... Again, I have him at I have him at five. Yeah, I have him at five. Uh, so last year's second most runs of fifteen plus yards, which is great. And he didn't lose the goal line carries. He just wasn't doing a lot with them. You know, he wasn't getting into the end zone as much, and that's a problem. I think that he can't come back from that. I don't know. I mean, he's still a solid running back. I think that he can come back and and punch these into the end zone. I'm not worried about that. I don't know if you guys are. Yeah. Um, did, did he miss some time last season? I can't remember. That was what uh, I was about to say. He has never played a full season in his entire career. Yeah. He missed, uh, they played, what, 17 games? Yeah, he missed yeah. four games last year. Okay. Due to injury. Um, never anything super sustained. Again, you know, hit 250 carries, went over, you know, 1,100 yards. The touchdown regression is there. I think he'll bounce back from that. For me, the only other red flag I can see is, you know, a new coaching staff in town. You know, in the previous, you know, the offense ran through him. Will the new coaching staff kind of change that up? Such a talented player. I don't know if he really could. I, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to finish as a top five back. Yeah, it seems I like mean, you guys do as well. I think that's well within the realm of possibilities. To me, the big, one of the bigger concerns for Cook is um, health. He's always been, you know, bitten by the injury bug over the last couple seasons. His and, entire career. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the fact that Madison is behind him and Madison has shown himself to be a pretty, you know, capable running back, sort of like the Tony Pollard situation. In, that is a good point. In Dallas. Yeah. I could see a scenario where with the new coaching staff, maybe mm -hmm. they look to keep a little more tread on Cook's tires throughout yeah. the season. And you see Madison eating in more into... Uh, more into his timeshare. Yeah. Um, and that's the only reason I 
probably place him a little bit lower than you in terms of my rankings. Yeah, and I mean, the the Alex Madison situation is, because when he played last year, he played very, very well. Like, he is a solid two-back. So, you're 100% right there. I, for me, I think, I th- I wouldn't be surprised if Dalvin finishes with another 13 touchdowns, honestly. I think it's just, it's just there. Yeah. I think it'll happen. He's a solid player. Without having any of the... <clears throat> excuse me, um, like game tape or anything in front of me, like I, what you said about him not getting the goal line care or the goal line touchdowns was just kind of, they were there and he just didn't get them. Mm-hmm. So changing up coaching staff and reinvigorating that, like it's not like they just weren't giving him the ball down there yeah, or that he can't do them. So, I mean, I, I think that it's an anomaly that it dips so low. Yeah. And he it might not go back all the way up to the way it was two years ago. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, 12, 11, 12, 13 touchdowns somewhere there is pretty possible if he stays healthy. Yeah. I agree entirely. So I'm trying to get our aggregate here. I should have done this beforehand of who we're going to roll into next year. So it looks as though our next guy up, and you guys have this guy ranked higher than I do, uh, but the aggregate would put Najee Harris here at the sixth spot. I have Najee Harris and the eighth spot, um, and for reasons specifically. But you guys have him ranked. Uh, Who's like, five? Uh, that was the guy that we just talked about. That was Dalvin Cook. Oh, I guess because we talked about McCaffrey. Yeah. Okay. And so, right now, what do you what do you guys like about Najee Harris? And then I'll tell you guys what I don't really like about Najee Harris. Yeah, I love him as a player. I'll tell you what I like about him. Um, I think you know I can't remember what he scored in terms of touchdowns last year, but it was seven touchdowns, seven touchdowns, rushing, seven rushing. Touchdowns. Yeah, I, I I could see that. Um, What's the opposite of regressing? Um, Progress. Progressing. progressing. <laughs> uh, for next year and him getting more uh, touchdowns. The bigger issue with him uh, last year that didn't really, I think, affect his fantasy value so much. It was more of a actual football issue. Was yards per carry was not great. I'm going to say it was in the threes. It was not uh, good. Um, three nine. Yeah. Three nine. Uh, which is not great. Um, but, you know, he had Roethlisberger, a quarterback, who was just kind of a statue. Um, and I think with Trubisky, that offense could take a little bit of a step up. Um, and I could see him scoring more touchdowns. And I, I just from the tape I've seen of him or the games I've watched of him, he looks like a good runner. And Tomlin's always been a bell cow, bell cow guy. Yeah. There's nobody behind him who you're, you know, wringing your hands over about stealing snaps. It's, it's no. going to be Najee. So. Yeah. It's going to be Najee, baby. Alex, anything to add? No, I mean, a lot of what he said, plus he's young, it was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the yards per carry is not great, but he's a rookie. Sky's kind of limit. Good receiving numbers. Um, you know, I... I agree with Josh's idea that it's not hard to see a progression happening in him bumping up those numbers. But go ahead and say why well, you so don't like Again, him. I have him ranked in the top 10. So I, I do like the dude. I had him on my team last year. And you year. said we should be nicer to players. I do. And I love Najee Harris. And I if, if he's there late, if he's there 8, 9, 10 in the first round, sure. Mm-hmm. I'll take him. 
But for me, last year, and, and he's clearly a, a great player. When he played at Alabama, the dude's got tons of talent. It was obvious from day one that he was going to get taken by the Steelers. And what Josh said is true. Tomlin likes to have the running back or the offense run through one guy. One guy. Now, again, you said it. 3.9 yards per carry. 307 touches. 3.9. It's not great. But did hit 1,200 yards. The volume's there. And I think that helped him drastically. But a couple things to take into account. Pittsburgh had a terrible offensive line last year. They have a terrible offensive line this year. Maybe even worse. I don't like that. Trubisky, does he add or subtract? Because, I mean, you're talking about Ben Roethlisberger, who is, is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Say what you will about him. We all know this. But he is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he hasn't played like a Hall of Fame quarterback in four years. So it's not really that. I, I don't know if it's going to be that big of a, of a change yeah. between him and Mitchell Trubisky. And I mean, I don't it, know that Trubisky is that much worse. I mean, this is what you're saying about Yeah. Him. Is that much worse than Reese's yeah. Roethlisberger? Yeah. I don't know if he's much that much worse. I also don't know if he's much better. Yeah. So, and because you just say, you know, Roethlisberger couldn't really move anymore. Trubisky can. I'm still thinking of Mayfield. How funny would it be if Baker made a play with Pittsburgh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I... And the Browns just destroy them every year. And we're not doing quarterback rankings right now, but I like Mayfield more than I like Mitch Trubisky. But, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it was a volume thing that definitely helped Najee Harris. And 94 targets. 94 targets. He caught 74 of those. For a grand total of 467 receiving yards and three touchdowns. You get 94 targets and you have 400 yards out of it. That's not great. Um, Sorry, I was just going to add, interestingly, when I looked back at, you know, um, running backs and, you know, targets and receiving totals, he was was way up there. I mean, I want to say he was maybe second in terms of targets among running backs. He may have been first. I mean, yeah. Yeah, It was, was, I mean, because we don't get a lot of Steelers games here, but... Um, it surprised me. It's, yeah, I just wanted to add an insane uh, target share, um, but again, not a lot out of it. He didn't get a lot out of it. Now, if you see more, and he he had a lot of going carries again, like Cook, that didn't really happen. Didn't really make anything happen. If he had gotten in the end zone thirteen times, we're not really talking about that. We're like, okay, well, the touchdown numbers are there, the volume's there, and and I do have him ranked number eight because I do think that the volume will continue. I don't think that's a problem. And if they could invest anything in that offensive line, that would be great. But, you know, drafting offenses, sometimes it happens. But I think the, the better an offensive line gets is the, you know, the more time they play together. They made the playoffs, didn't they? They did. Yeah. They didn't gonna, last I was long. thinking, like, did they, like, now I know there's a bunch of, I haven't looked at the draft order recently. I know there's a bunch of teams with, like, two picks. But do they have, like, any, what, what's their pick in the draft? You know? Uh, I don't. Uh, but we'll get our producer on that. Again, our producer is a cat. Uh, so it's it's hard for her to type uh, at the, the rate that a normal person can type. But uh, still pretty impressive. It is. I mean, you got to love it. And, yeah, it looks like they have the number 20 pick overall in the first round. Mm-hmm. That's their one first round pick. But you, you never know. Their offensive line is garbage. Mm-hmm. It was garbage last year. It's garbage again yeah. this year. That's I just think that, I think of them last year as just being very bad, and they still somehow made the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean, because Baltimore kept shooting themselves. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. But again, I will. Yeah, I will finish with. I think he will finish in the top ten. 
based on volume allowed. I think the volume stays. I think that's perfectly fine. And again, if he's able to get some more of those goal line touchdowns, he could he could finish in the top five easily. But right now, I have him ranked at eight. Uh, Josh, you have him ranked at six, and Alex, you had him at five, I believe. Yes, five, five, five. Uh, so Having a good time, John, Josh, and Alex. Trenchant analysis, John, Josh, and Alex. Good, good friends, John, Josh, and Alex. The final fantasy. So uh, we're going into our number six, number six running back here. And for us, the aggregate here is a guy that I actually really, really, really like this upcoming season. His name is Joe Mixon. Now the opposite of what we were just talking about in Pittsburgh, where they had a bad offensive line and continued to have a bad offensive line, Cincinnati has rectified that problem. They've gone out in free agency and they've signed two offensive linemen who have immediately made their offensive line better. And Joe Mixon last year had a really good season, a really, really good season, 13 rushing touchdowns, definitely over 1,000 yards. Uh, but then, you know, it's for him it was always kind of the up and down. He's there one week, he's not there the next week. And that's kind of his only issue. But 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns, never really. He's not a pass-catching back, so you lose a little bit of the, the ceiling there. But I personally love Joe Mixon this year. I love him too, John. Yeah. And as like, give him a big hug. A big old hug. If you listen to Joe Mixon, come on in. But he's, he's super young, still 25 years old, and he played every game last year, which has been an issue for him. But he played every game, upgraded O-line. He's never going to be the, he's not on the field a lot on third down, but that's fine. He's not going to be the guy. He's never been that guy. The lack of receptions is never going to be a thing. It doesn't really hurt him all that badly. And last year he finished with 314 <laughs> to take, to take uh, Najee Harris's numbers into account, uh, who had 90 targets and 400 yards. Uh, Joe Mixon had 48 targets and 300 yards and three receiving touchdowns. So definitely got a lot more out of his targets than Najee Harris did. But, uh, yeah, I have Joe Mixon. I have Joe Mixon currently at nine, um, but I do like him a lot. Josh, you have him at your four spot. Yeah. Um, Alex, you have him at nine as well. Um, so our aggregates are also totally off. I'm not doing this very well, but okay. we're talking about our guys. We're getting our guys. In the Point game. of the thing was just to talk about a good ten number of running ten backs. number of running backs. Yeah, and I'm the highest on Mixon, obviously, mm -hmm. but you know I agree with everything you said in terms of the upside on, on him and. You know, we, he's shown what he can do last year if he plays a full, healthy season. Mm -hmm. That was this, his issue with the couple previous years. Yeah. Um, and I think with the improvements to the offensive line, hey, the, the ceiling's the limit. Mm -hmm. The ceiling's the roof, maybe. And this is going to be a high-scoring Cincinnati off. The ceiling's the, the roof. The ceiling's the limit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he said the so, ceiling. So, not very high then. <laughs> I thought he said the ceiling's the roof. No, I was, yeah, I was trying to make fun of that Michael Jordan quote. Uh, <laughs> I think the ceiling's always the limit, but I mean, depending on it, it could be the ceiling of a skyscraper or the ceiling of a regular house. Well, the skyscraper sells floors. That's true, but the ceiling of the building, the overall top ceiling of a skyscraper. <laughs> skyscraper, skyscraper. So the, the roof. 
Uh, this episode is brought to you by Skyscrapers, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and others. There was other people in that L.A. Movie. Ambulance. L.A. Ambulance. Uh, we don't have that one on yet, but uh, go check out the DVD or Blu-ray copy of Skyscraper because it's been out for a while. Starting to wait in the rock jacket. Uh, but you know, I, I love doing I love Joe Mixon too. I don't have him listed as high as you again because of that kind of the, the receiving number floor. I think that there's guys the guys we talked about earlier, McCaffrey, Taylor, Eckler, um, definitely give you a boost there. But uh, I like the spot, dude. I like the spot a lot. Our next guy up is a guy. So we were talking about uh, old Melvin Gordon here earlier. Uh, Javante Williams. Javante Williams. Please, 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 Javante Williams. So, um, in this offseason, we've already had that kind of excitement uh, where um, J.D. McKissick almost left uh, Washington, and then for a day and a half, everyone's like, dude, er, 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 Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson's the guy. J.D. McKissick changes his mind, goes back. I got uh, to play with Carson Wentz. Antonio, yeah, God, I just have to. Uh, we well, could be a commander. You know, kind of, it's a fun name. A commander. I'm the commander. I'm the commander. Now. Look at me. <laughs> no. Go get him, commander. Uh, so right now, I actually have Javante at six. So I have him a little bit higher than both of you guys do. Um, but again, for me, it's all dependent on what the hell happens with Melvin Gordon. If Melvin Gordon leaves, though... I was going to say, is your ranking predicated on the... Proposition that Gordon leaves, or yes. are you okay? It absolutely is. He, I still think Javante Williams is a is a solid pick. He's not a top six pick with Melvin Gordon there. So both of these guys went for nine hundred yards rushing last year. Gordon had the edge in the touchdowns by a decent amount, but Javante Williams had twelve hundred scrimmage yards last season. Playing, you know, he started one game. You know, he was not the the main back, but this dude when he played, and I. We don't get a lot of like non primetime Broncos games here. But no. yeah, every once in a while. I mean they're we do actually. Sure. Other than Kansas market, City, yeah. they're the other yeah, I mean, they're the other C B S market we get. Yeah. But when he played I know that because they turn on if there's a CBS game at noon, I'm like the Broncos. Oh man, here we go again. Well, then I take back everything I just said. We get all the Broncos games. This episode is brought to you by the Denver Broncos fan store. Uh, pick up all of your Javante Williams jerseys now. Uh, possibly, also, you can grab Melvin Gordon jerseys at a discount. Maybe soon. Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, Javante Williams, love him. Absolutely love him. If he's the back there. Any thoughts on Javante Williams, Josh? You're bobbing your head around. Yeah, no, I mean, I love the talent there. I love what he did, especially kind of at the later end of the season. Um, and, and, yeah, if Gordon's gone, my ranking of him is somewhat based on the uncertainty of whether Gordon leaves or not. I would probably bump him up to maybe five uh, if uh, Gordon's for sure gone and mm-hmm. in Baltimore or somewhere else. Yeah. But just that and, you know, Yes, should Rush be an improvement over Drew Locke? One would assume so. Yeah. But we still don't know quite what that offense is going to look like with Russell Wilson. Because uh, they have a lot of talent at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, are they going to be a throw-first offense um, yeah. with him in the picture? So, um, But, yeah, I definitely like him, especially if Gordon's gone. Um, especially towards the tail end of the first round if he's still there. Yeah. And I will say, well, as we're finishing up Javante Williams, here's the other thing that scares me a little bit with him, too. 
take Melvin Gordon out of the picture. Nathaniel Hackett is the new um, head coach there in Denver. Um, he was the offensive coordinator for Green Bay the last couple of seasons. And what you notice with him is with the A.J. Dillon, Antonio, or Antonio, uh, Aaron Jones um, situation, you know, everyone was always saying, you know, you got to let Aaron Jones loose. I mean, the dude's super, super talented. He is a little undersized compared to Javante Williams, but it has, you know, it's you got to kind of take that into account that Nathaniel Hackett does like to do a two running back system. So even if they don't bring back Melvin Gordon, the the top running back right now in the draft is Brees Hall, according to mock drafts, and he's going in the second round. So there's a high possibility that Denver could draft another running back to pair with Javante. So that does cap him a little bit. It will be interesting to see that that ranking. I think will go all over creation before you know we're all actually you know drafting fantasy players but i love javante super duper talented super fun player to watch all dependent on touches well guys that is about it uh we have a couple more dudes to talk about here and one of them is really interesting to me for a couple reasons and it's because josh doesn't have him ranked in his top 10 at all me and alex both do here at the a spot um, or roughly in the eight spot, uh, because we both have him ranked as our seven back. His name is Alvin Kamara. Now, uh, Alvin Kamara dipped last year, and, and it's kind of the same as the, the Dalvin Cook situation. Kamara's a touchdown dude. Like, he's just always been, you know, he's always been in the end zone. The dude's been incredible, and that's why he's such a fun player to watch. Never gone over a 1,000 yards in a season, ever. Obviously close, but... You know, 2018, 14 touchdowns. A uh, little bit of a dip there the next year. Uh, but then the next year, uh, 2020, 16 touchdowns. Mind you, he had that game with six touchdowns, so that helped. But, I mean, still, that's, you know, getting the end zone 10 times without that, plus another five receiving touchdowns. Last year, the rushing numbers dipped again. Uh, not the yardage so much, 898 rushing, which is the second most he's ever had in a season, but four rushing touchdowns to 16. Uh, he did miss three games, uh, so that's something to take into account. I mean, do you guys think that it, is this just touchdown regression? Or are you guys like not liking? Because for me, I think it's the drop off from Breeze to Winston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do think that Winston can be solid. I think he can be an absolute solid uh, quarterback there in New Orleans because that's that's a built to win now roster. You know, this isn't. I don't think that they're really in the market for another quarterback. No, I, I don't think so. With yeah. Winston there, no. Um, Makes sense. My problem, I think, for me, why I probably take him out of my top ten is just Winston's never really been the checkdown guy in terms of you know mm-hmm. uh, passing to running backs. Um, so, like you said, it, I think it's going to be very touchdown dependent in terms of his value. I mean, Winston kind of was though for me. I mean, he was targeted five and a half times per game with Winston before he went down. And maybe it's more of a Perception bias, yeah. on my point, than the stats actually but, bear out. But you're not wrong. I mean, so 2017, and you'd be surprised a lot of these days we're talking about we're all driving Eckler, Cook, yeah, notice Eckler, Cook, Kamara. But so they're all kind of coming into their prime right now. But every season before last one, he's hovering around 100 targets. There's one the, the 2019 season was his only year without 100 targets before last season with 97. Last year, 67 targets, and the catches cut in half. You know. 81, 81, 81, 83, and then 47. 
So he kept the touchdown number up there, which is good, but the target share is definitely lower. So you're not wrong, but I think that was more Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon situation. Yeah. Because uh, you have to target this dude. If you're a quarterback on the team, you have to throw him the ball. He's electric with the ball in his hands. And so, you know, that's why seeing he, – he did have a game last year where he wasn't targeted, where he had zero targets in a game. Mind you, immediately after that, the next two games, he was targeted like eight and 11 times. So I, I don't know – I, this is a this is a team that is built to win now. The defense is great. Uh, get Michael Thomas back in the mix. I think this team could be really really dangerous. But uh, another thing to take into account here: the most carries on the Broncos. He averaged twenty two carries a game. Uh, yeah, yeah, game last year, which is a career high. So that's good. That's why I have him at seven. You have him at seven two, Alex. Um, really electric player. You know, we'll see. But the the really important thing here is to take into account is up until his career, the touchdowns. It's again, it's always touchdown regression with some of these guys. But uh, up until this point in his career last year, he had a touchdown on every 11.7 carries. Last year, it was a touchdown every 60. So that hurt him. I think that he can come back from that. Though, like we're talking about the Dalvin Cooks. These guys are these guys are talented players. And, you know, not talking about Alvin Kamara's current legal situation after the Pro Bowl. Um, so we're taking a lot of that out of the account. But, uh, yeah, I have him at seven. Josh, you don't have him in top ten, but... Yeah, and it's partially... Par- excuse me. Partially the, the looming possibility of suspension, too, factored a little bit into my ranking as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't counted on it as a certainty, but, you know, something to think about if you are drafting right now, which would be crazy, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, we are going to do one more, and then we're done. You guys don't have to listen to our voices anymore unless you'd like to, uh, which you can go back and listen to some old episodes. Hell, why not? Uh, But this last guy, and uh, I'm tossing him in. I have been moving him up my rankings since the free agency boom that uh, happened here a couple weeks ago. James Conner. James Conner for the Arizona Cardinals. Last season, 15 rushing touchdowns, added another three through the air. 752 rushing yards, uh, but finishes a running back five, which is the highest he's ever had in his career. That's taking in the account that that uh, Pittsburgh Steelers season that he had where he almost went through for 1,000. Yeah. Obviously, 15 touchdowns is huge. That was with Chase Edmonds. You know, Chase Edmonds did miss some time, but when he was out, this dude looked great. Like, he looked really, really great. He has the backfield to himself now. I know you don't have him in your top 10. You don't have him in your top 10. How are you guys feeling? I mean, again, 15 touchdowns, hard to replicate. Yeah. Super hard to replicate. Where do you see him falling this year? I have him right now at 10, and that's that's a pretty movable spot. So where do you guys, where do you have him, Josh? Because I don't have, I just have your 10. I'd probably have him just outside of the top 10. I, I, there's maybe a couple guys I like better than him, Chubb probably being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I, I agree with everything you've said, and I'm excited to see what he can do if that backfield is entirely you know, his for a full season. Um, he is getting older, um, and he's had kind of health and, and injury issues, yeah. um, except for, I think, last season. Yeah, last season um, he did play. Yeah. But you're right. I, I think the opportunity is there. The biggest question to me is, do they draft somebody to share that workload uh, Cardinals, or do they bring somebody in to try to ease the load on Connor? I'm not worried about that at all because I think the Cardinals are going to go wide receiver in round one. Mm-hmm. They kind of have to. 
because all their guys currently are su- – they got DeAndre Hopkins and then a bunch of short guy wide receivers, Andy Isabella, Rondell Moore, who, you know, Rondell Moore is a super fun player, but you got to get a bigger body on the other side there. <clears throat> and if you're not drafting a running back in the first two rounds, he's not going to have any effect on the starter. If he's going third, fourth, fifth round, he's there. Yeah. Well, I, and they just resigned him to huge contracts. Yeah. So you think they're going to take that investment and use him a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he's a guy I would reach for because I think he's on a lot of people off of a lot of people's radars right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that would be the case once we get to you know closer to the season starting, but yeah, I like him a lot. I just there's a couple guys who I think there's probably um, less question marks about mm-hmm. who I would take over. Yeah, Alex, any thoughts? Um, no, just to answer your original question, I think, um, right now with him, uh, with Edmonds being gone, I would probably put him, like, top of the second round, um, so higher than I would have had earlier. We'll see how it goes, you know, come end of the summertime, draft is, when people are really starting to draft. Mm. Uh, the same we were talking about, um, Cook and some of these guys who I think are going to, you know... The progression, get more touchdowns, come back up. Like you said, fifteen is a lot, mm-hmm. and there, yeah. there's way they're naturally be a progression. The there's, a, there's a natural regression, all in the red. And you know, but you never know. I mean, and that's just generally, which is what we're trying to speculate on and bet on. Yeah, because this is after all, is just gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, you would assume that that number would come down a little bit, yeah. but I still think, like Josh said, he's probably not on a lot of people's radars at least right now. Yeah. Um, if you could get him early in the first, in the early in the second round, I don't think that would be a bad deal. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say on Connors is yes, Edmonds is gone, and I think that's a net positive. But you know, there is something to be said for the fact that he's coming in with fresher legs, and you know, mm-hmm. in the in the snaps that he's getting. Yeah. And you see it with guys like Pollard, right? They have yeah. astronomically high yard per carry because they're only getting 30% of the yeah. workload yeah. and they're coming in in good situations for design plays for them. Yeah, I don't think that was so much the case with Connor, but it'll be interesting to see if he is the sole guy there in the backfield, kind of how he does in a full season. Yeah. Well, I will leave you with one little piece of information. In games with Chase Edmonds, James Connor was averaging 13 points a game. In games without Chase Edmonds, twenty points a game. So, so I also stuff to take into account. But that, that also that yeah. doesn't doesn't necessarily point. mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't. It, you're right. Because still, I mean, how many games did Chase Edmonds miss? Uh, Chase Edmonds played in uh, twelve games. Yeah, he played in twelve games, so he missed what six or set five, five, yeah, five games. Yeah. So still, over the course of a season, when you get all the carries, and yeah. you get beat up a little more. Yeah. You know, I don't think that. It's a fun, it's a good statistic, but I don't think yeah. it totally disproves Chuck. No, not at all. Not, not yet, at, all. at least. Well, guys, uh, that is ten running backs. So before the season begins, trust me, we'll be talking about a lot more of these guys, uh, the the Chubs and the Swifts and the uh, whoever else the Montgomery. You said the Chuds. The Chuds. The Chuds are all gone. Man, the Chuds. Chubs. Swifts. Swifts. Chubs. Uh, but yeah, I guess that'll close out the top ten. Uh, Josh, uh, you had some, oh. you had some some games for us. Some games. We're letting Josh uh, take the games I to two. Let me let me pull up a little trivia here. And we really can talk. Can't we? <laughs> uh, I will do uh, my picks of the. Well, I guess this game's already going on. 
All right, so we're uh, about two weeks away from the draft here. We'll be having our uh, draft episode draft-a-thon. next week, but got a little, uh, little appetizer for you with some a little, NFL a draft amuse-bouche. Uh, trivia. John, I, I'll start with you. All right. Um, all right. Since you're the host. Ready, Freddy. Uh, first question. Uh, and I'll give you options. Okay. Uh, so multiple choice. You're not, yeah. you're not a monster. You're not a monster. Uh, in what year was the first NFL draft held? It was it 1936, 1949, 1958, or 1967? I'll say the 36. You'd be correct, John. Ew. So, point to John. Yeah, man. Well, there used to be like a billion rounds in it, too. You see, like, super, like, Hall of Fame players. It's like, five star was drafted in the 17th <laughs> round of the 19 whatever draft or whatever. Um, not to digress, but I've been watching uh, uh, Winning Time recently, mm. and uh, they show a scene from like the NFL draft from like, would have been like 79 or whatever. And it's just kind of funny. It's like in an old. Like hotel conference room, yeah. people are like smoking. Yeah. They need to bring I'm that sure back. Sure, the nineteen thirty-six NFL draft was like in someone's basement. Yeah, um, it was in Curly Lambo's. <laughs> Curly Lambo's uh, pool house. Yeah. yeah, not the spectacle we have today. <laughs> no. um, all right, Alex. Yes. Which college has produced the most draft picks in NFL history? I'll give you the options here. Is it Michigan, Notre Dame, USC, or Chaos, Texas? Michigan, Notre Dame, USC, or Texas? That's a tough one, because I would have said Florida, but it's not even one of the options. Well, Alabama's not even one of the options. I think even... Okay. You said Michigan, Florida... No. No, Michigan, Michigan. USC, Texas, or who? Notre Dame. I'm going to say... That's Michigan, USC. (laughs) Michigan. That's incorrect. Is it Notre Dame? It is Notre Dame. Hey, let's... I wish I could give Just like the draft's been happening since 1936, and Notre Dame's been around for like a billion years or whatever. Yeah, yeah basically, was there was like yeah, that's true. They a good have. couple decades there when every yeah. football yeah. player came. <laughs> yeah, every single that's player. That's probably true. I guess I should have considered one of the next So, but yeah, tough one. All right, John. Um, well, in Florida, it makes sense why they wouldn't, because Florida was bad for a long time. Yeah, that's true. The last couple yeah. Years. Another another college question here. Um, Which of the following schools has not had a number one overall pick since 2000? Is it Alabama, Florida State, Georgia, or Penn State? That's tough. You know, just to cap the runtime, I'm just going to guess. Because there's a couple that might make sense. I'm going to say... I'll say Penn State. I know it's no, wrong. It's that was Barkley, right? Oh, uh, no, but was Barkley first overall? I think he was. Oh, was he? My no. memory serves me. Was it, was it Florida State? It was not. It, this act, answer actually surprised me. It was uh, Alabama. I would have uh, guessed Alabama. Yeah, that actually does make sense when you think about it. Because they never had a number one quarterback. Yeah, because Florida State, I know like Chris Winky was like 2000 or something. He played for Florida State. Yeah, whatever. One well, Winston. Right? Yeah, James Winston, yeah. All right, so John's at one. Alex is at zero. Alex... Next question. Which of the following players was not selected number one overall? Calvin Johnson, Jake Long, Carson Palmer, or Mario Williams? Jake Long. 
Incorrect. Is it Calvin Johnson? Ass a Detroit Lions fan. You should know this. Calvin it was Calvin Johnson. Johnson. All right. Yeah, because Johnson. I got Johnson and Stafford mixed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, John, I'll give you one. Johnson, and then we'll we'll crown you the winner. Um, <laughs> my one right now. Uh, okay. Um, this is a good one because it's about my favorite guy. Uh. <laughs> Which of the following QBs was not selected before Tom Brady in the 2000 draft? Was it Giovanni Carmazzi, Todd Husak, T. Martin, or Spurgeon Wim? I think it was Husak. Uh, it, it was Husak. Yeah, because I know that. Because I did this. Guess. I did the same question, but I did the. I made you guys guess like who was yeah. drafted before. Brady, so I've I've had that information because I know Carmazzi, San Francisco, uh, T. Martin was Pittsburgh. Uh, who was it? Uh, Spurgeon, Spurgeon went for Cleveland. Win. That's <laughs> a great football. Game. Spurgeon went played for Cleveland and Minnesota. Yeah, old Spurgeon. And I have no idea who Giovanni Carmazzi is. He never. I don't think he ever played it down. Okay. He was drafted by San Francisco. I know that, but old Spurgeon, Spurgeon, Spurgeon. Yeah. All right, baby. So John. You are the winner of this uh, NFL draft. I accept this one. Maybe we'll have some more next week. We will. Who knows? There's so many draft picks. So little time. Guys. I'll have you know, before we started this podcast, I and I still maintain, except for the podcast purposes, that the draft is lame and I hate it. So <laughs> fine to lose. Well, Alex, will be watching the draft with me and Josh this year. I will, because I enjoy <laughs> doing the podcast. We're going to time down and put one of those eye-opener things from Clockwork Orange in. I did love the, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I did love the feature last year where they made like a random fan come up and sit on the stage. Oh, like, oh yeah. It was yeah. real great. Like, how uncomfortable <laughs> you could make this whole thing. That was so weird because they didn't even do anything. <laughs> they just like sat there while, they didn't even say the pick. They just dragged someone up, sat him down in a, like an easy chair or like an armchair, and then someone else made the pick. They, I mean, I remember when I was a kid and you'd like the later rounds of the NFL draft, it was just like guys, it looked like a news, like, like a newsroom of just like people sitting at tables, like answering phone calls. Yeah. It should be that the whole time without any announcers That's what I said. or reporters. And it shouldn't even be, Goodell, stay your ass at home. Stay your it ass. should just be... It should be a, a PowerPoint thing at the front that when the team is ready, it flashes, <laughs> and then it lists the name. And then it cuts to, like, maybe, like, a, a highlight of the player in college, and, you know, then he can talk to his local paper. So you don't even want the player to come up and, like, pull the jersey? No. Or you can you can send him the jersey in the mail. You'll <laughs> get <laughs> your jersey in the mail in three to six weeks. Well, guys... We have gone. They do. The, we're, we're done, and I'm sorry. I hate, there's nothing in the world I hate more than, like, this is the proudest moment of my life, and it's like, there's nothing, history of the NFL draft, and guy, like, it's, you're standing on a stage holding a jersey. The cool thing is when you play. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, we could talk about this for hours, and we already have. And another. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll get more of the draft next week, and Alice can complain about the draft a little bit more next week, too. Mm. There's a lot to complain about. Back to Curly Lambo's basement. Uh, but we'd like to thank, uh, as always, like Why to thank... Why don't they smoke anymore? I'd like to thank my two little podcast buddies. Josh, thank you so much. Oh, uh, thank you, John. Yeah, and thank you to our listeners. We've had our highest, uh, highest listener count in a while. So. Highest week ever. Alex, thank you so much for being here as well. For sure. You bring that shine. You bring that shine. Uh, yeah, uh, we love, as always, uh, we like to thank Kutcher Volker from the band Jack Hotel. Uh, you can find them on Spotify, Apple, you know, you listen to, wherever you listen to your music, guess what? You'll find them. Check them out. 
super fun. Uh, also check us out on Twitter at the FFCast. Uh, we're usually posting some dumbass things on there. Some pictures of the big fat dragon from uh, USFL. I said it, but I didn't say XFL first. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank our listeners too. As Josh said, highest week ever. Uh, we'd like to keep that going and keep cranking out this seemingly useless content for you but someone likes it <laughs> uh, and as always keep on fantasying bye everybody bye Pleasure.